I can't believe that I watched golf for like three days. Granted, I was at work all three days of this time doing Thursday, Friday, and then uh, did some overtime on Sunday. So... So it was like, uh, it was passively on. I wasn't, uh, sound wasn't on. I was listening to whatever I wanted to listen to. I was working. But I still had golf on. And I still watched it. And that's weird. For me. It's weird for me. And um, you're talking about somebody who is clearly desperate for sports of some kind to come around. And I only bring that up because I should have recorded this yesterday. But I ended up uh, doing it now during the beginning of the NBA play-in tournament. Which isn't uh, all that big of a deal. But it's the playoffs. And my biggest love of sports is the NFL. I love the NFL. And clearly... That's not going on right now. So second, coming up in second place is the NBA playoffs. And it has now begun. It's like, okay, the playoffs are beginning. Okay, now I'll pay attention. I was glancing at it. That's not true. I've been following. I'm a Bulls fan, so I've been I've been following that shit. I like Chicago sports. I think I've brought that up that I just it's 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 my thing. Like you from Chicago? I am not. Just a big fan. Uh, of what? The city? Yeah. Yeah. So what? Anyway. Um, so I bring that up and, and to go, I'm, I'm going to attempt to, it's like, look, just, you can look at the highlights later. Quit thinking about it and just do what the fuck you wanted to do, which is just talk about your week. Hello, everybody. Hi. Hope you're having a good week. If you're a sober person, hope you're staying sober. If you're not a sober person, hope you're staying sane. This is still sober. And I'm still John Rabin. What is that episode is this? 197. Ooh, just three away from getting uh, a badge from the website that I, what is that, the website? God damn it, I just blanked a Podbean. Podbean's going to give me a badge. And I was like, hey, you published 200 episodes. Here's a meaningless thing to make you feel like you've accomplished something. Man. It's, uh, this, this doesn't, I don't know what, what it is, but uh, I, I, about wanting to carry around tools now. This hasn't been something that I've, you know, I haven't been a, a, a gearhead or, you know, somebody who fixes shit, uh, somebody obsessed with tools. This is not, this is just, this kind of has come on strong. I don't know if it's because I got married. I don't, I don't know if it was the wedding that like triggered something into me. Now you're going to be Bob Vila, uh, the shitty version. I don't know what it was, but it's happened. And I know I've said it more than once, but uh, going to Lowe's, Lowe's is like my Toys R Us. Now, I love going to Lowe's. You're talking about walking around and going, ooh, 
I could use that. What does it do? I don't know. I don't know. It looks like it it does some kind of something to the fuse box that allows you to there's no reason you're just staring at it going ooh that's a thing it looks like it'd be cool I'm renting but maybe I could use that it's only $48 uh, but what's happened is is that now when my wife has projects like decorating projects and stuff and, and it's like Will you go to Lowe's? I'm like, fuck yeah, I'll go. And then I go and I get the things that she needs. But then I also grab a little something for me. It's like, I'm here. I don't think I have that type of screwdriver. I do, but that one's a little bit cooler. It's a little bit more of a ratchet screwdriver than the ratchet screwdriver I already have. Um, yeah, but this one's bigger. It allows more torque. Are you just reading off of the... I am just reading off of the package, but the package says that this allows for more... All right, so... Uh, so so what's, what's been happening is, is that I... So I have this fancy... At work, I have this fancy box cutter that looks like a pocket knife that just flips open and it's it's like far superior to any um, box cutter that you know you, you would see at some place that you know that's shitty or some warehouse that you know where that a uh, cheap ass company goes oh you need a box cutter here's the cheapest one we could find um, and I and I but I want to bring it home and every time I bring it home about half the time I forget it so I, then I'm at work and I can't open a fucking box. So I have to use scissors. So I'm like, all right, I got to leave this. This is the reasoning. Uh, so I, I'll leave this one, at, the nice one at work. And then when I go to Lowe's again, I'm going to buy one for me that I'll carry around for no real reason. Other than I might need to open something. You know, when I'm out, you know, all those box opening emergencies that you uh, run into when you're out and about at you know jack in the box or whatever yeah i yeah i don't know you're picking up your dry cleaning oh maybe they'll give me my dry cleaning in a cardboard box they don't but maybe so i did so now i've got another one so i've got i've got two fancy box cutters one at work and one that i carry around on me does that mean you take it to work yeah that means i take it to work and i have two of them but it's always on me, and it's fancy because it's a quick release. Uh, it's one of those, like, you know, you flip open, like like, like that. You hear that? Yeah, that was me. In case you have a, you know, quick, open this box emergency. It's completely unnecessary. I'm aware of it. I have some awareness. But that wasn't enough. So yesterday, when I went to Lowe's again... I bought this thing that's a this craftsman like pen. It looks like a pen, so it fits in a pocket. But it's not. It's a four. It's a it's a screwdriver. It's got uh, you know tiny Phillips. It's got a large Phillips. It's got a tiny flathead and a large flathead in a pen. And it's magnetic and it 
fits in your pocket. So I've got that in my pocket next to the box. I don't. I've looked at utility belts, like like the tool belts. I said utility belts because suddenly I'm fucking Batman. This all comes down to you know, oh, somebody wants to be Batman. Well, yeah, utility belt, man. So yeah, I've looked at tool belts. I'm not. Once again, as I said, I've got I've got that awareness happening. So the awareness is going. You don't do anything that requires a tool belt. You know, it's there's no reason. You know, you. You know, I've got a toolbox. If you got to go, you can go get tools. You don't have to be like, man, I wish that um, electric drill wasn't 10 feet away. I, I hate having to walk 10 feet over there and get that thing. Wouldn't it be nice if I had it on me, weighing me down on my hips while I'm 48 years old? So, no, I haven't bought a tool belt yet, but I get it now. I get them. I understand. There's no point to this story. I'm just telling you, this is where my mind's at. My mind is at, ooh, what kind of tools can I carry around me that doesn't make me look crazy? And fuck yeah, it's the NBA playoffs. So that's where I'm at this week. I'm in a good spot. Um, I, I don't know if I would call this a uh, book recommendation because I haven't read it, but I have listen to the author in a couple of different podcasts. Um, and it's interesting enough that uh, I may I may have to pick up either pick up the book or um, do the uh, audible situation. <clears throat> Excuse me, sorry. Um, but uh, Dr. Anna Lemke, who is a psychiatrist, and um, Dr. Lemke wrote a book called uh, Dopamine Nation, Finding Balance in the Age of Indulgence. And the uh, podcast I listened to, one of them, um, she was explaining how with, uh, because she she teaches, she does research, she's an author, and then also is, you know, sees patients um, for, does treatment, for addiction and um, and one of the things that she and like the podcast episode I listened to was sounds like it's for people who are dealing with you know their their quote unquote drug of choice not but not at the level of you know where you need a program or where you're in sobriety like it but they're but they're but you're dealing with issues with the with um, sort of a dopamine drain because you're starting to have an issue with you know maybe you maybe you drink a little too much maybe you play too many video games maybe you um, snack on chocolate too much I don't know whatever it is right and she was talking about how. And this is like something that, that they've learned by observing recovering addicts who have kind of figured this out over the years. Just, you know, just recovering addicts over the years have figured out that if you're dealing with if you're if you're dealing with, uh, you know, sort of with anxiety and depression that is resulting from 
an overindulgence in something. So it's it's one of those things where you the recommendation is to stop doing whatever it is that's thing that you like for 30 days. Just abstain from it to allow yourself to reset and balance out. And to realize that when you do that, the first two weeks that you abstain from this thing um, sucks. It's a very simple process, but it's very hard to do, which is you stop doing whatever for two and for the first two weeks, it sucks. But then, then basically your levels balance out and you will feel better. And then it allows you to, after those 30 days, to kind of ease back into slowly this thing that you enjoy, but that you've started to overindulge in because you don't, you, when you do it regularly, the dopamine levels, it doesn't hit as hard and you need to increase it for that same level of, uh, of dopamine hit. So it was interesting because if, because this is, this is a process for people who are not, you know, uh, like me, like, uh, <laughs> for not drug addicts and not alcoholics, not people who, uh, if you stop this thing, um, you have a risk of going through some serious withdrawal symptoms that could, um, you know, compromise your health, uh, or, or not like severe addiction people. So, but it's an interesting idea. So, you know, so if that's something that interests you, I, I suggest maybe checking out the book. Um, maybe look her name up. It was once again that is Dr. Anna Limke. That's L E M B K E. Um, listen to her talk about it. See, and I, I just I don't know. I found that kind of interesting. Um, what it also made me think about, because what what really she she brought up was talking about how it was simple, but it was hard to do, which is really any program or any kind of recovery, yeah, any kind of recovery program or, or um, uh, treatment. Ultimately, it like if you when people want to find out like so what what do they do in rehab or what is the program or what is it that you actually do to stay sober or to get there like um, or any kind of treatment it's always something that's simple but hard to do and it's or and when you hear about it it's like that's it why do I need something why do I need somebody else to lead me through this that sounds really easy you know what and you know what it reminds me of it reminds me of in Pulp Fiction um, when Harvey Keitel's character the wolf comes in because um, Jules and Vincent have a you know they've because Vincent accidentally shoots Marvin in the face. Um, and so it's like, uh, and, and it's, 
And when you kind of sit back and you think about it, it's like, did they really need uh, an expert, you know, a guy who solves problems to come in to go, hey, here's what we need to do. We need to dispose of the body. We need to clean the car. And then we need to clean the blood off of you. Like, it's, it's, it's like, that's not hard. But they're immersed in the situation. And they're panicky. And they need somebody to walk them through it. They need um, structure. They need a structure to get through the situation. And that's really what recovery is, different recovery programs and treatments, is it's a structure that somebody can follow where they're like, I don't know what the fuck to do. And you just need to be walked through. And it's, you know, to get out of the, the problem that you're in. That's, that's what I was thinking about. And that's just, that's kind of interesting because it's just, a, it's a different mindset when you're in it. It's like, what the fuck do I do? Well, you need to clean the blood up. Oh, right. Need to clean all the blood up. Metaphorically speaking, not like the actual situation in Pulp Fiction. But, you know, you know what I'm saying. So the, the AC just kicked on here. At, uh, at my place and uh, and it reminded me of being at my old place the old apartment where I couldn't have the um, the AC on when recording the podcast which kind of sucked during the summer so it's like alright let's get this half hour going um, because so it's like turning the air way down letting it get cold and then turning it off because my air conditioner at the old place the other apartment, um, and I think maybe one or two times, uh, if you go back and you listen to some of these old episodes, uh, you could actually hear it. And it's not like, oh, can I hear it faintly? And no, it was just like you could. It was like um, somebody was driving a dump truck dump truck through a car wash. That's what the AC sounds like. And you just got used to it. You're like, well, it's cooler now. Um, and it's so where I was just thinking about that. It's, it's amazing what you get used to uh, and then what you forget about. And then then you're reminded of it like, how how the fuck did I deal with that horrible air conditioner for eight years? Did just get used to it. Another thing that I had. for a while at my old apartment which was the place that I moved into from the sober house that I lived in when I got out of jail uh, slash treatment and uh, my dad I don't know where my dad got a hold of one but he got a hold of a bed for me that was a California twin I don't know if you've ever heard of a California twin, but it is a twin-size bed, but longer. Not that I'm super tall, but I'm six foot. And a twin bed is not necessarily made for adults. I mean, it is, but it isn't. But uh, So a California twin is long enough to where you can actually lay in it like a human being 
like stretch out. Like you can actually stretch out and not have to worry about hitting either your feet or your head on either side of the thing. So it was a California twin. And it represented this mentality that I had that I was going to be a monk, not literally a monk, but more or less. You know, I was sober, newly sober. Um, actually, by this time, I'd been sober for, you know, for what, over a little over a year. And, um, and I was just kind of, you know, I was kind of floating through over for, for a couple of years and trying to figure things out. And, um, and at some point I just was like, well, I don't think I'm going to date anymore. <laughs> I think I'm retired from this. Um, now nah, this is, now nah, this is a few years. It's about, it's about year three, year four of sobriety for me. And, um, and I hadn't upgraded this bed. I've still had this California twin, right? And it's like, you know, if you're going to have people over, wink, wink, you might want a bigger bed. But that was the thing is that I was like, I'm not going to do that. I'm fine with this. This is, I'm going to go about my, you know, I like going to work, doing my, you know, doing my reading, my meditation, going and doing stand up going home hanging out just me and the cat you know this is this is what i got this is what i like it's a nice structure i'm not gonna have to mess with it it's you know all of this is fine so then i end up meeting my wife and the first time that she comes over and hangs out it's kind of like hey uh have you considered maybe dusting and sweeping in here because it smells like you have 18 cats it feels like you have 18 cats in here the dander level in here is fucking crazy uh and it's like oh yeah i probably should actually clean up and you do and i did that and then we you know as we're hanging out and we got a little bit more serious then it's like okay let's talk about the bed situation because Sure, we can just hang out at my place, she said. But it would also be nice to be able to hang out here, spend the night here. However, how are we going to do this on this fucking bed? <laughs> oh, but it's long. You know, we don't need space, do you? Yeah, yeah, you do. So it was a matter of, so I finally, I, you know, it, it's like looking at it going, oh, yeah. It is time to move to a queen. You know, considering I'm in my 40s, maybe I might want to do that. And it wasn't that crazy, like pricing wise. You just, you know, you make payments of whatever. And uh, so I did. I got, you know, got a new bed. And and the thing about it is what, what this reminds me of is the reason I bring this up is because In treatment, in a recovery program, and or in any kind of whatever program you're running or when you're trying to better yourself, it doesn't cover everything. 
You're not going to go to a meeting and have people go, yeah, and now you need to um, start uh, sweeping and mopping your floor like a human being. This is not something that comes up in meetings. This is not come, something that comes up in reading texts, uh, having to deal with uh, Zen or having to deal with whatever you're doing to better yourself. This is not, uh, you know, they don't know your situation. The only way that you get out of yourself, because you're used to it, you get used to a thing, so you don't think it's weird, which is the way it is when you're really fucked up in addiction. But even when you get out of it, you're still like you ha- like you have self awareness, but you still you get used to something. And you're like, yeah, it's fine. And it takes somebody else to look at it and go, hey, maybe sweep once a week. Hey, maybe get a bigger bed for two people, like adults. And so when you're talking about recovery, when you're talking about getting treatment for addiction or for mental health issues, there's an aspect of it that um, is not going to come out of the clinical side or of the actual focusing on your issues Um, but you're going to get but by interacting with other people like healthy people actual interaction is going to do as much if not more for you in rebuilding your shit than any kind of program you know, being around uh, the woman who I ended up marrying, you know, there's so many things. And it wasn't something that she told me I needed to do. It was more of a, you know, mentioning it and me going, huh, yeah. Yeah, I don't want to, yeah, that, that, that does need to be fixed. Oh, yeah, I need to do that. And it's just a matter of having, just having someone around go, who's like, hey, that's not normal. <laughs> you sure you want this going on? And it and it just gives you perspective. I don't know. That was just something I was thinking about. That it's uh, there's something about you know, interacting with normal people, um, which is also you know like in in the uh, recovery programs in AA, they tell you in twelve step they're all like oh you shouldn't date anybody the first year you're sober, and then they're also they don't really say this, but it really is like you really ought to not date anybody in the program. Do you both want to have the same issues? Shouldn't you find somebody that has different issues than you? I don't know. Maybe not even the dating part, but just the social aspect. It's nice to don't only hang out with people who have the same issues as you. Don't only hang out with the recovering addicts. Don't only hang out. You really got to diversify. You really got to just, you know, interact with a a variety of people who are, you know, fairly healthy emotionally, mentally, because it's going to ultimately benefit you by osmosis, I guess. I don't know. But that's a, I don't know. The California twin really represents to me the whole 
it reminds me that uh, that interaction, that personal interaction with others, and that uh, like how much I've improved over time just by being in the relationship that I'm in. It's a pretty cool thing. Well, I appreciate it spending this time with me on this episode. We'll see you next uh, stillsoberpod at gmail.com for any uh, questions or comments. Uh, and we will see you next week. Later. Yeah.